doctors, you have so much opportunity. If you look at the data objectively, then maybe you can reframe your talk, self-talk, because everything that emerges in your practice is in the wake of your beliefs, attitudes, and values. Certainly, we use the acronym, we use several acronyms, but there's always gonna be burnout, negative thinking, and stinking thinking. Set that aside. We all can grab a hold of new ways of thinking to guide us to be more emotionally intelligent. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. We are continuing a conversation on burnout. Before we get started, I wanted to invite you to join our Facebook dental intelligence community. Come join like-minded data nerds and come learn from one another. Also, if you have a question for our CEO, Wesson Lunsford, You can go to our podcast page at dentalintel.com and record one. Now on to our show today. Again, we are talking about burnout. And to do that, we have, I have Curtis Marshall with me, uh, VP of Enterprise Relationships. Thank you, Katie, for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, You almost forgot to announce me, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's okay. I love it. (laughs) Oh, he is amazing, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell us about who's joining us today. Today, we're having Carrie Strain with us from Strain mm. Dental Consulting Analytics Management. Go ahead. Yeah. I, you know, once again, you guys have, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you've seen Carrie on here before. He's somebody that we really love working with him and his family and his team, which is his family as well. Uh, and so we're excited to have you on today, Carrie, all the way from California. Carrie Strain, everyone. California. Thank you very much. It's great to be on the call with you guys. Thank you. Yeah. So Carrie, we're talking about burnout and it's a hot topic. It's one that we've, this is like a couple of episodes in and we're want to get your intake on what is it, why, what is attributing to burnout that you think and why, well, think, why is it so prominent right now? Yeah. Well, maybe we could back up one step further and define what is it? Yeah, let's do it. So I I did some research and, you know, maybe this will resonate with everybody listening or watching. um, A sense of failure and self-doubt is is one of the signs and symptoms of burnout. Feeling helpless, trapped, defeated, that can be another one. Um, Detachment, feeling all alone, loss of motivation, and increasingly, increasingly cynical and negative outlook and decreased satisfaction, sense of accomplishment. So as strength consulting, it's one thing to know the numbers. And I want to thank, again, every day, my relationship that I have with Dental Intel to provide me with information. But it's from there, we have to look behind the numbers and understand what is that owner's vision and mission and how does every, does everybody know it? I mean, I'll start, start with the owners. This is your play box. We're all in your sandbox. We're all having a good time. <laughs> and if the team is suffering from a lot of self-doubt, feeling defeated, is there something happening internally within the practice? The lack of leadership and information and feedback? Is there a lack of clarity? Are, are people, what is emerging in the wake of that activity if it's as this definition categorizes, is something you need to explore. Carrie. Certainly today. 
having been through the pandemic and we're still in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as every day goes on, I listen to the news less and less and less and less and less. <laughs> um, I, I do believe, you know, sometimes uh, I heard the other day, you know, some days ago, we live in a media dictatorship, but I think we can all see that yeah. with the conservative and the, and the liberal news medias and what they want to cover from what's been going on today in, in the state of New York um, with their government and what's going on at the border and what's going on with the economy and what's going on with unemployment and what's going all these things that we hear about over and over and over again. And sometimes we just need to compartmentalize that, put that over in the corner and get back to what inspires us. Yeah. And I, and I think there's three, well, there's probably more than three, four big categories of what's going to help give you that inspiration. I think your faith is certainly a big one that really allows us to process our thoughts, whether you do that in meditation or prayer, whatever that is, to get some of that individual time to cleanse that out, out with the old, in with the new. And some things you can't get rid of, but you can manage them better. You know, there's your career, okay? There's your family, and then there's your personal time. And whatever that is for personal development, whether it's mental or physical or spiritual, uh, nutritional, whatever that is, you, you've got to find that balance. There's so much external input on you as a team member, a new employee, a seasoned employee, and an owner that there's a lot of pressure out there. So recognize it exists. And that's step one. Step one is to recognize there's a lot of input into your mind. Step two is how you talk to yourself. Because if you're experiencing the burnout. It may not be step one, all the data you're receiving. It could be step two, how you're talking to yourself. Are you feeling depressed? It's not what happened step one necessarily that's creating step three, this emotion. Mm -hmm. It's how you talk to yourself about the thing that existed, some event that happened. You were late to work. Somebody cut you off in the car lane, you know, and somebody didn't stop at the red light and somebody jumped in front of you at the grocery store and a team member was not really on top of their duties and you had to go get burdened by a hygienist or an associates or excuse me, an assistant or an administrator's failure to do their job. And that was the step one, the event that occurred. And you got mad. You ever have that happen, Katie? You get mad. It oh, wasn't what happened at step one. It was step two, how you talk to yourself. In order for me to get mad about this situation, I need to say that whatever happened, somebody violated my rights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't get mad without saying, Curtis, you violated my rights. It doesn't matter if you failed to wish me a happy birthday or that you stole $100 out of my desk. Those are the events. And I could have said about my birthday, wow, Curtis must have been busy. You know, he doesn't matter. And I couldn't have let it be a thinking trap that caused me to feel that. On the $100 issue, I, I just say, well, I'm going to go steal $200 from him. No, I'm not. <laughs> I would have said, I know he must have needed it and I'll check in with him. You know, that, and I, I'm that's, just, that's one option, right? And that's your choice. Yeah. It that's is a choice, choice to, your thinking is entirely under your control. If somebody has a constant state of stinking thinking, they have a constant state of negative emotions that lead to burnout. So mm -hmm. I want to, you got to take ownership of this ourselves. I'll get to the owner's responsibility here in a minute. But if I'm feeling anger, it's because somebody violated my rights. 
how step one is recognizing an event that occurred. Curtis, you were late for an appointment, let's just say. I can get mad. But getting mad was step three in a thinking process. A is to recognize Curtis missed an appointment. B, I must have said, blah, 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 blah. He violated my rights. Three, I'm mad. And how effective am I going to be in communicating with you, Curtis, if I'm mad at you all the time? I'm going to leak it out through my micro expressions. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, it's going to impact my world. So for example, depression, that's step three is an emotion that doesn't come from the event. Okay. Um, I didn't get recognition for that. I, uh, the status quo of what actually happened isn't in fact, my dad would always say, because my brother, right, the two younger brothers, I would never get in a fight with them, but they would get in a fight, right? Right. Not really. But my uh, second brother would always say, the youngest brother, Bryce, he made me get mad. Mm-hmm. No, he, he didn't he make you get mad. What he did, you chose to get mad on. And I, that's always something I've taken with me in my life. And uh, Carrie, you're bringing this to point to a T and this is awesome that it's it's the the event isn't what got you mad you chose and you've based off of the event you chose to get mad and now you are yeah or happy or whatever I have these conversations weekly with my own kids and it and it (laughs) seems like it's um as adults we should this should be ingrained in us but it's just elementary we just need to focus on going back to the basics yeah. So I think we good. all own that, whether it's day one in your professional relationship with the practice or day one million, we all own that. And we have to come to the party prepared to celebrate each other, our patients, our owner, our vision, our mission. And, and truly, love is your choice. I mean, you, you, if you're not in love with your mission, if you're not in love with the vision, if you're not in love with one other, with, with each other, I mean, and you can't support each other. Uh, you're going to miss out on a lot and you're going to be stuck. Carrie, you know a few dentists here and there, right? <laughs> okay. A dentist, somebody, actually, I'm not going to put dentist, just somebody they're in their profession and they're upset. They're, they don't like their workspace. So they're saying, Hey, I don't like this situation. I'm going to, le- I want to leave. And they end up leaving when they leave. Does that frustration upset like does that leave or is it still there in a different form well i'm no psychiatrist (laughs) but from my observation unless negative people or people that are walking out walking uh, out who are in a constant state of burnout Mm -hmm. their way of thinking and viewing the world continues beyond this job, this ownership into the next job. And, you know, unless, what is it they say? Uh, if you don't change the way you look at the world, the world never change. Yeah. And if you don't change the way you look at your interaction with people, then that interaction never changes. And you go like a skipping stone on a lake. You go from situation to relationship to relationship. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. So you have to start with a personal assessment of, Am I suffering from thinking methodologies that's causing a lot of negative feelings? And, and don't blame the media. Today's Amnesty Day. I mean, we're having a great conversation, the three of us and all of you. Today is Amnesty Day. 
Begin on a new journey by being aware of the emotions that are creeping into your body at the cellular level from the way you think and your central nervous system connects. And before you reach across and want to strangle somebody by the throat, don't do that. <laughs> First off, rephrase, yes. rephrase the conversation with yourself and go, wow, even though I feel like I want to strangle Curtis, I probably shouldn't. Right. And is he a good guy or not? So we talk about burnout. I mean, it's real easy to become cliche driven, right? And, and my God, we get so we're all we're all the one minute wonders and studies anymore. We don't have to go to a four day weekend course, you know, when we can get it in 10 minutes off YouTube anymore. Right. And, and we all want the quick fix. We're as addicted to new, new cliches and new, new pieces of thought. Um, and, and think we can be a one day seminar CEO. That's not going to happen. And I, I appreciate Howard Fran. He had that 30 day uh, MBA course, MBA. 30 days plus about 30 years. Right. <laughs> you know, and people look at your body of work and, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than the two of you. And they'll go, wow, look, you've had an impact with these national dental supply companies. You've lectured thousands of times. You have this great relationship with DI. You have all these practices you've worked with. You work with small to do so. How do you do it all? And I say, well, it's real easy. I, I love what I do. I made that decision. I think and that's the next your step. choice. Yeah. Yes. You've got okay. to decide that where you're at in your work is where you want to be. We call it the, the hygiene factor. You know, the, the, are, you, are you right in the right spot? If not, you know what? Your career's short. Go work somewhere else. You can always survive. You know, I was just spending a little vacation weekend in Wyoming. And I looked at the, the men and women that were the cowboys and working at Jackson Hole. And uh, they were going on walks with their horses every day. I go, God, that is so cool. I would love to do it. And they get to do that. And I get to do what I get to do. And I get to go live in their space in a while. I get to come back to mine. But, you know, it was all, you know how vacations are. They get a mental break. Yeah. But as I came to work this morning and I saw my COO, she's been with me 25 years. You guys know Vera. Love and her. then I'm on a huddle with my entire team. And I see everybody on the board all over the country, from New Jersey to California, from Chicago to, you know, down south. Every day I get a chance to be in this community of people that are, fired up and committed. Okay. As an owner, I had to create that. So step one, we need to be checking our own stinking thinking. If you feel anger, it's not what somebody did. It's the way you talk to yourself. You said somebody violated my, my rights. Stop saying that. If you feel depression, that's because of a real world loss and loss of self-worth. I mean, the things that cause me to well up and feel emotional are my mom and dad being gone now for more than 10 years. My brother passing away as my business partner when he was 39 and I was 33, 32 years ago. And they can catch me at that moment and I feel the loss. But then I pivot and I feel the great memories. I re-engineer my thinking. I quickly go there to get into that stream. Um, embarrassment, negative comparison to others. I mean, there's so many things that you can learn about attitude development. Once you manage yourself, you can step into the relationship with others. And as I always say, when I step into the relationship with you two, it's like, I want to step into that world, like putting my foot in a swimming pool. I don't want to make a ripple. I don't want to create conflict. You know, and it, and it becomes uh, the way we're thinking. I need to be cognizant of my behavioral style. Every consultant that's trained is a certified professional behavior and values analyst. 
because those all shape who we are, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we were developed, the way we are genetically and the way in our family of origin, how we became who we are. You're the oldest brother, Curtis, yep. I'm the youngest, right? And, and we're very similar in a lot of ways, you know, as extroverts. And so these are things people have got to discover about themselves. So I encourage people to do that. And then lean in. You know, in our huddle this morning, we talked about a great experience. One of my consultants, Peter, who, you know, is working with the Enterprise Reporting Program for our group practices and your team, Curtis, right? Yeah, Peter's and, a, um, got a lot of great knowledge and helps a lot of dentists who work with multiple locations. And one thing that I like about Peter is he actually does discuss this concept that you're talking about here and helping dentists to realize you're an amazing profession. Right. Oh, which I would awesome. say this about Dennis. Most of them don't know how good they really have it. My <laughs> first seminar was entitled, you don't have a right to take on a new patient until you learn to meet the needs of your existing patients. And having conducted over 25,000 practice analysis conversations with Dennis all over the country, I would say on average, it's about 48 to 52% of the patients that they've seen in the last 18 months are active in hygiene. And, and Curtis, you know, these statistics, you've got mm-hmm. them right there on the ticker tape. Yep. Right. You've got them right there on the monthly report. You know, the active patients, how many are scheduled? I mean, there's a clue. Doctors, you have so much opportunity. If you look at the data objectively, then maybe you can reframe your talk, self-talk, because everything that emerges in your practice is in the wake of your beliefs, attitudes, and values. Certainly, we use the acronym. We use several acronyms, but there's always going to be burnout, negative thinking, and stinking thinking. Set that aside. We all can grab a hold of new ways of thinking to guide us to be more emotionally intelligent. Go read the book, Emotional Intelligence by Dan Goldman. Self-awareness, self-management. Go watch it on a video on YouTube, Dan Goldman. Self-awareness, I need to be cognizant of what I'm saying and what I'm feeling. And you're going to see your feelings before you're going to know what you're thinking. Because your body's programmed. If I came to Curtis and I went, boom, he would blink without even being aware that I had put my fingers in front of his eyes. I've done this thousands of times in seminars because the body acts faster from a central nervous system than your brain's cognitive component. Mm-hmm. And it won't be till after I pulled my hand away from your eyes, Curtis, that you'll be aware of what happened and whoa, what happened? Cause you already blinked to protect yourself. So you're hardwired to protect yourself, right? I mean, look at a shark when they put their, your fingers up in front of a shark. And I wouldn't advise you to do that. <laughs> but their eyes will close because they're going to protect themselves. It's the same thing. Blinking is just another bi- biological defense system. So we've got to be aware of what we're saying to ourselves. We've got to not get caught in thinking traps. You need to think about emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management. His next book was social intelligence. So I can step into a conversation without creating any conflict. And if I keep doing that, not for a day, not for a week, not for a month, not for a year, but for a lifetime, then you're just going to be better at what you do and not let the events cause you to get onto this negative path where people don't want to be with you. They don't want to hear what you have to say because you just think it's your permission to barf all over the place. You ever had somebody said, you know, uh, Curtis, I don't mean to upset you. But you ever heard somebody say that? But uh, yeah. I've caught quite a few well, times. But I don't mean to piss you off. But 
What that means is they want permission to piss you off. To be, I don't mean to be rude. <laughs> that means they want to be rude. There's no excuse for that. So once we understand how we fit into the world, now you can create a team that does it. You know, and Devlin Tells just made it so seamless. I'm going to give them one thing to do right now. You ready for this? Sure. It's a couple of things, all in the context of the daily huddle, creating a moment, a communication moment to find all the great things that we've done. Don't mention anything negative about yesterday, only yeah. the positives, mm -hmm. and then commit to an action plan today based on people that are past due for continuing care, people that owe you money, uh, people that have unscheduled treatment. It's right there if they'll just walk through the daily huddle. In uh, fact, in fact, right, you're absolutely right. On top of that, what we really recommend is you find three areas of celebration, mm -hmm. right? Find three areas of celebration and then one area of opportunity, meaning kind of like, hey, what's one area that we didn't do so well on, but look at it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is one area that we can go improve on. How are we going to go improve it? You're well, hitting I, it. I would, I would break it one area of opportunity per provider. Mm -hmm. and oh, smart. An area of, per provider and one area of opportunity per administrator. Yeah. Because when you look at yesterday, don't limit it to three. If you really want to eliminate burnout, you need to provide positive reinforcement to people so they understand after they performed those tasks or behaviors, somebody's giving them attention, approval, right. and appreciation. Yeah. The three A's of positive reinforcement. Attention, Katie, approval, I appreciate you. Thank you. I do. Attention, appreciation, and approval. But that, that really does create a good team and and it it's gets so easy to get burned out if you don't feel like you're being seen for sure so much you know and, and somebody says well there's nothing my team does that i would want to give approval for i go i would have loved to have met your mom and dad i mean right. what are you really saying yeah <laughs> what is this blame game about yeah i mean somebody just showing up to work on time showing up to Me. work let's back up carrie just showing just up just showing up Right I can't thank you for being here. I can't do it without you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't use the, the, uh, the Oreo cookie, uh, positive, negative, mm -hmm. positive, uh, mm -hmm. one, two positives, uh, a positive front, then a redirection, then yeah. a sandwich because yeah. the negative feedback destroys and that, the benefit of the positive. And that's all there. All the, all the people here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much I'd like to chat about. Yeah. I, and this is I just good. wanted to, to bring it around again to gratitude. I feel like, and this has kind of been a common theme through these podcasts is gratitude. I, I think that really is the, a really big key part of getting rid of um, the negativity in your life and really just focusing on the positive. If you can, even if it's just what you, what you did yesterday, maybe you didn't do that great on your morning huddle and you see that you didn't do great, but just showing gratitude uh, goes a long way and and I hope that you know as you're listening to this that maybe if you just work on gratitude a little bit more everybody if we all just spend a little bit more time being grateful looking about what a better world that would be that we'd be living in so I think you could be, finish your day and begin your day by identifying five things you're grateful for yeah and the yeah. and the the physical physiological impact that, that has at reducing your stress factor that allows you to breathe mentally so you can come back and get in the game. You know, everybody in this call is destined for greatness if they can just get out of their own way. And don't blame others. It's your choice to make a decision of how you look at the world. 
Yeah. Amen. Great. Thanks, yeah, Carrie. So this good. has been well, yeah. I did not expect to go down this road with you today. This you is did. uh yeah. this has been really good. I really like the me personally, the biggest thing that I like that you said today, Carrie, was that it's up to us. Uh it's not the events around us, it's up to us. Yeah. And so thanks yeah. for saying that. Well, this has been Growth and Dentistry, a Dental Intelligence Podcast. Again, special thanks to our guest, Carrie Strain, with Strain Dental Consulting Analytics Management. You can find them at strain.com. And you can also find those links to strain.com on our, on our webpage and our show notes. Thank you again to Curtis Marshall for joining me today and um, for our marketing department for helping with the back end of this podcast. I am Katie Poulsen. Keep growing.